0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to yet another podcast with me, Moses Kemibaro, on pure digital passion. Today, my guest is Farooq Ramji, who's the founder, or rather the CEO, of a company called Mawingu Networks that provides internet services in various parts of the country and not really the mainstream areas that we may see some of the other bigger companies covering. Welcome today. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much for
0: having me. So Farooq um, thank you for being on our podcast today. Thank you. And um, maybe we can start off with just getting to know who you are and where you're from sure. you know how you got here as it were and then a little bit more about your background professionally and personally.
1: Sure yeah so I I my parents are Kenyan uh, by chance. Uh, my dad was born in Kisumu, my, no mom, in, yeah, my <laughs> okay. mom in Nairobi uh-huh. um, and then my eldest sibling was born in Kenya. After that it was almost around the time of Idi Amin in, in Uganda oh, okay. and they had an opportunity at that time, it was uh, the early 80s to, to enter Canada, so they settled, ended up uh, my middle sister and myself born and raised in, in, in Canada, so Vancouver is actually my home. Um, I have then been working as an expatriate my entire career, I started off in Afghanistan Spent five years in Kabul, bringing, building out the biggest uh, What was that like? Yeah. <laughs> Security issues? It was, but it was an immense amount of opportunity. And yeah. I think that's where things really started to jive with me between impact and technology. Yes. And so being able to have an impact in the middle of a war-torn country was quite an experience on its own. And then I ended up into East Africa, so Tanzania, Uganda, Burundi. And for the last six years, Kenya has been my home.
0: So what about the stuff you were doing in Kenya? What were you doing when you first got back here? Yeah.
1: So the shift to Kenya, I was running the transformation at Telkom Kenya. Okay. So Helios had just entered. That was uh, 2016, okay. June, I think they came in. And I joined them in early 2017.
0: Great. And what's it been like, you know, sort of settling down, living in Kenya... How's that been as an experience for you?
1: Yeah, you know, it's an upgrade from Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been uh, it's been a wonderful experience. I think Kenya, Kenyans have been very welcoming. I think within 30 days, I felt like I've lived in this country for many years. Um, the people are very friendly, very warm. There's lots of activities to do. It's very settling. I've actually, my firstborn is born in, in Kenya. Nice. So we've been able to really settle here, and I think this has been a great place to call home. Fantastic
0: so let's get a little bit into Mawingu yeah so i think as i mentioned to you earlier i think i encountered your organization maybe five six years ago mm-hmm. um, somebody contacted me from there and they were looking for some digital marketing solutions and to be honest since then i really hadn't encountered yourselves but of course you know we got in touch with you through Alejandro, who works with you in you know, the marketing side of things and i'm just curious to understand a little bit about Mawingu because i know there are all these other names that we tend to hear around internet provision and providing these services to the country mm-hmm. Um, but maybe you could tell us a little bit more of the backstory of Mawingu. Where does it come from? Um, which market segments are you addressing? Uh, and more importantly, just kind of understanding how it fits into the sort of the broader internet ecosystem that we see in Kenya. Sure. So
1: Mawingu was incorporated in 2012. At that time, it was looking at piloting innovative technologies. So they were using technologies like TV white space. They actually started off in the Mount Kenya region. So Nanuki is the birthplace of of Moingu. And it started with some tech experts. It started with some serial entrepreneurs in the Nanyuki region. They quickly saw that there was a lot of demand for internet. Um, and not just mobile internet, but fixed quality broadband wireless in these areas. And so Moingu really started to pick up its business in about 2017.
0: OK, so about five years in, right? Okay. We're about five years in now. So okay.
1: where we are today, um, We've got three products. We've got a hotspot model. We've got our home and small business portfolio, which is our biggest and I think the most scalable for impact. And then we've got an enterprise uh, solution as well. We're operational now in 15 counties across Kenya. We're just edging towards 7,000 active subscribers on the home and small business. Um, And where does Mwingu want to go? We really believe in providing meaningful connectivity. Um, A lot of people, and as the statistics will show, are connected to the internet. Devices are a problem. Price is a problem. Quality is a problem. And that's where we come in. And we are not giving out half a meg or a meg of data. We're giving out, we're starting at 10 meg. And our home and small business portfolio has a 10, 15, and 20 megabit. That's not bad. That's exactly, yeah. So we're trying to go for quality and it's the size of the opportunity that's there. So I like to think of this as a, as, a, as a big triangle. You've got 50 million Kenyans in the country. You've got 12 million homes. And I think only a fraction of those are connected. So there is a mass amount of opportunity that's untapped.
0: And I think that's part of the challenge, isn't it? That you know, when you're sitting in Nairobi or sitting in Kisumu or Mombasa, there's this sort of assumption that internet is everywhere, whether yeah. it's the hotspots or the uh, the Wi-Fi networks, or you know, access to your mobile device with good internet. Um, but I think one of the things I, I hear or see or have a perception about when I think about Mawingu is that you're really sort of on the edges, you're on the fringes of what people consider to be mainstream, and yeah. and that's how you add value. Now, I think you've already alluded to the fact that you're kind of serving you know the communities and that people are not generally thought of as being you know a focus area for some of the larger companies perhaps, but how are you also serving the marginalized people of society, people who may not have the financial means to afford high quality internet?
1: Yeah, yeah that's a great question. So I think this is the intersection between social impact and having a sustainable uh, financially operating business. Okay, and, and I think what Mwingu's trying to do is bring both of those two things together. For me, the fundamental for this business to work is that we need to be first financially viable on our own. I do not want to run a company that is consistently relying on external funding to make sure it can stand on its own feet. So Moingu's taken huge responsibility and and really charged up the entire management team and everyone, all of our staff, to get to an EBITDA break-even point in June of this year. I think that's important to answer your question because once you're financially sustainable, you can then have a greater impact on communities. And so I do have an aspiration of building what I would call moingu.org, which is kind of a philanthropic arm of foundation type of thing. Exactly, where we're going in to communities. So Moses is from Wajir, Moses is home, he's able to connect with Moingu Wireless, but Moses' kids who are at school also have an affordable connection, also connected with Moingu. So there's a big difference between the free model, there's a big difference between charging excessive amounts. We believe in impacting the marginalized areas by subsidizing rates, charging uh, no margin, no additional margin. We're charging them a cost model. But when, and I've recently connected a school in Nanyuki, a TVET. 310 students, the old school model Moses was, and this is back when you and I were in school, was connect the IT room. Yes, There would be six desktops sitting there and people would sit there for an hour, learn how to type and and walk away. Yes. We connected the classrooms and we connected outside the classrooms where the kids hang out. I went back two months after we connected to school. The teachers have changed the way they're delivering the lessons and the Students have changed the way they're learning. 80% of those kids now bring a smartphone to that class. When you're in an engineering class, they've got an engine from a car sitting there. They can then use their phones and look up what the inside of what they're looking at actually looks like
0: using AR and stuff like that. Exactly, yes.
1: So the whole way of evolving and changing the way people learn is what we're on the fringe of. And that's the kind of impact we want to have on communities. We want to go into a community, connect the homes, connect the enterprises, and also not just the schools, but the impact areas. Why not the clinics? Why not anyone that is trying to do goodwill in these areas? Let's give them the power of the internet because that's the power of the world in their hands.
0: Absolutely. I mean, sometimes I wonder what it's like learning today because, as you can tell, I'm probably somebody who was alive before the internet. <laughs> and, you know, for me, getting to the university library to find a book was missing for my assignment yeah. meant i had to look for the guy during our lunch break and say i need that book to finish my assignment and now you know on your phone not even a computer you have this wonderful experience where you can find what you need instantly and i think really the younger generations today including those who come from marginalized and poor backgrounds just by having access to the internet suddenly it becomes a false multiplier yeah. in terms of what they can become in the world you know It's incredible, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Because I think we have this norm that internet service providers are, what we we call in our industry, a dump pipe, right? Yeah. It's a pipe, you deliver internet, you walk away. That's not our aspiration as a company. Our aspiration as a company is that the people that we provide internet to actually harness it and we open opportunity for them. Yeah. Whatever it might be. If they just wanna sit and chill and watch Netflix, so (laughs) be it. If they wanna learn on YouTube, we give them the power to do that.
0: And I think it's a utility, right? At the end of the day, the internet is just like plugging to electricity. Absolutely. And what you choose to do with it is entirely up to you. Yep. And it can be productive, can be also damaging at the same time. So I'm curious, you know, again, Mawingu, um, I'd like to understand maybe a little bit more about what distinguishes you from some of the other names that we know in the market. And I'm just want to kind of understand, you know, what gap do you see yourselves filling in a market that some might say is already fairly well served, you Mm -hmm. know? So where do you fit in? Where do you plug in into that broader ecosystem as Mowingu?
1: Sure. So I think our ecosystem is kind of split into two. You've got on one end, the mobile network operators. Now for me, that's mobile internet on the go. It's not consistent in terms of quality, and it's certainly not affordable if you really want to harness the power of the full internet. And then you've got the internet service providers, and there are a number of them. And I have a lot of respect for everyone in our business because I believe that there is a lot of opportunity. Like I said, there's 12 million homes, so competition is more than welcome. Where I think Moingu differentiates itself is on a couple aspects. One is on our location. You alluded to this earlier, but we're in more of the fringe areas where it's difficult to provide access. We're working with relatively flexible, low-cost infrastructure. It allows us to put up a base station in less than five days. And we can you can expound on that?
0: What, what is that infrastructure?
1: So we've got two models. one where we have actually partnership agreements with all the major players: Safaricom, Telcom, Liquid, JTL. We buy capacity from them, on partnership agreements. We use that capacity, we build our own infrastructure, we share infrastructure, and then we provide point-to-point or point-to-multipoint on the fixed wireless spectrum, the five gigahertz. And doing that, we're able to connect our customers by the masses. So the mobile network infrastructure is very costly. I spent most of my career building that out. This is a very flexible technology. With about $15,000 or 1.5 million shillings, you snap your fingers and you give me that money. I can set you up in your
0: community, and that's for multiple users. It's yeah. not just one home. It's that
1: will get you started with five hundred people. What?
0: Yeah. So again, it's low cost and it's very pragmatic in that scenario. Absolutely. So I interrupted you. There's a third point. I think you were making about the two sides to the business model. Yes. Yeah, so there's
1: yeah. the, there's the, there's the MNO side, and there's the ISP side. Okay. Um, now, what differentiates us between the ISP side is actually not a lot. The, the type of infrastructure that we're purchasing, the CPE equipment that we're providing to our users is almost the same. I think what differentiates Mawingu is the difference in the product segments that we have. Like I said, we've got the hotspot model for where you wanna spend as low as 20 shillings, you can connect on the network. We've got the home and small business portfolio where we start at 2,500 shillings and we go up to about 4,500. And then we've got a very bespoke enterprise solution model, where we can connect the most difficult and hard to reach places. So if you look at areas like Amboseli, the Mara, Samburu, we're able to put up flexible infrastructure and deliver high quality wireless in these difficult areas. So it's our product mix is a big differentiator. Meaningful internet is the biggest one, in my opinion. We're providing you with availability. We run a 24-7 network operations center. We've got all in-house operations teams regionally based. So if you have a fault, I'm not calling a subcontractor, we're going ourselves. Our uniforms, our our trucks, our equipment. We've got a 24-7 call center. So that's on the solution that we're giving you. And then on the speeds we're giving you, We do not sell low quality. We started a certain benchmark of 10 meg, and we move up from there. There isn't five meg, you aren't aren't large contention ratio sharing. We're here to deliver meaningful
0: quality, high availability, high support style of internet. Fantastic. And so I think you've kind of given me a sense of, you know, what distinguishes you and what makes you somewhat special in this space. Um, And you've talked a little bit about the kind of customers. I think you're talking people like lodgers, you're talking about schools, you're talking about different segments, as it were. Um, I'm also keen to understand a little bit more about maybe the growth and, you know, the business, as it were, in terms of funding, in terms of how you're able to expand and grow. I think you mentioned earlier that you were able to, I suppose, break even around June. And that now is allowing you to then go into some of these more... Um, remote scenarios as it were. But can you tell us a little bit more about how the business has managed to achieve that status of break even, and more importantly funding and possibly growth prospects going forward? Sure,
1: so let's start with, with the breakeven because I think it's the most interesting because you're probably reading the news a lot. You're seeing a lot of startups shut down mm-hmm. for lack of funding. You're seeing a lot of layoffs happening across mm-hmm. the world globally from the Silicon Valley's of the world all the way to Kenya. The narrative on raising money has changed a lot. And it's changed very recently. The idea of taking a concept to market and raising off an idea and scaling it, I think, are the days of yesterday. The days of today and going forward are, is this a sustainable model? People used to start businesses with no funding, right? They used to come in and say, can I put money in my pocket every day, go home, feed my kids, and have a home to live in? it's kind of going back to that. You need to be able to generate a positive cash flow out of these businesses. And so that's been our primary objective. So we spent a lot of time, Moses, on the unit economics. Today, we're able to break down the economics, not for the country that we operate in, but we break it down for the county, we break it down per tower, we break Mm -hmm. it down per horn, and per customer. So we can literally see the net value every customer brings us every single day. Moingu has completed um, its Series A round a few years back. We're in the middle of closing out our Series B round. Um, The details of that I hope I can share with you very soon. The idea of this raise will be now to replicate a model that we've proven is successful. So we're not scaling an idea anymore. We've proved the economics work. We're now going to replicate that. We plan to take where we're operating in 15 counties today We plan to launch in an additional 25. Wow. We then plan to take this. We want to take the Kenya model to Africa, but we want to prove that this works and works well in Kenya and make this our foundation, and then we're going to look at an expansion internationally.
0: So if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is that right now it's really about consolidating in Kenya, getting more of the counties on board. I think that's a majority of the counties. And then once that's essentially in a good place, start seeing where else you can take this across the continent. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, what are your thoughts around the fact that I think today we we see an interesting scenario? Because I also came through the traditional ISP career route. You know, back in the day, I worked with companies like Africa Online and so forth. And I think what has happened, obviously, in the last, you know, better part of 10, 20 years is we've seen a switch from traditional ISP sort of owning the market to, What appears to be telcos taking probably the bigger chunk of that Mm -hmm. but I think at the same time there's a bigger issue around the cost of that internet and also availability of that internet Mm -hmm. and I don't know whether you have any thoughts around that transition does it present risks and opportunities for Mawingu going forward Um, and then of course um, as it always seems to be the case is the likes of Elon Musk have now this new product called Starlink that is rolling out globally and I think what's interesting about that one it's not fixed you know you can do it on a plane you can do it on a train you can do it in an automobile um, obviously early days but you know what does that look like maybe two to five years it could be a risk to your business um, so maybe some thoughts around let me call it the broader ISP space mobile telcos you know people like Starlink coming into the market you know what what do you see happening there and how do you feel that positions Mawingu going forward? Sure so I think looking at technology is very interesting
1: and to be very forthcoming Mawingu is not using anything innovative. We're using very standard basic technology that's used all around the world. Yeah. I was at Telcom was working on the Loon project so I'm 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 fairly conversant with ah, trying to pilot okay. innovative technologies. They're interesting but you know when something works we should use it. And that's where we have invested our time and our efforts. The the fixed wireless, it's quality. The CPE kits are readily available. um, It's scalable. We're not relying on other parties. It's up to us.
0: And also when this technology is fairly mature, then the the cost of using it generally drops, right?
1: Correct. So my theory is, is if the cost of doing this business continues to go down, that's the same thing we should offer the customer. And that's where we start to get an impact on more and more users. I also see fiber as a major discussion point. Oh, you're doing wireless or fiber, but often people aren't realizing that fiber at the end of the day gets terminated to a router and that router is wireless. So we're all relying on wireless, whether we have fiber in our homes today or not. There will be an increased investment in fiber and Mawingu will eventually go down that road, but I think there's a model to be proven first on wireless. So our theory is going to these areas, build out the wireless customers, get the subscriber base up. And then if the economics at that point are making sense, then you can deploy a ring of fiber because deploying fiber is not a decision you can reverse. Once you put that thing in the ground, it's done. It's done. Wireless has got so much flexibility. You can pick it up, you can move it. If the town grows, you can extend it. You've got a lot you're able to do with it. So it's an interesting area. I think we'll continue to invest in the wireless. We will eventually explore the fiber area. To your point on Elon Musk's solutions, I think, and I I highly promote reading and and, and trialing these things, I think there's a fundamental problem in Africa for these kinds of solutions, and that's the cost. CPE kits on that are starting at $2,000, okay? We're charging our users today a minimal amount for installation fees. So you got to look at this and what's pragmatic. Yeah. What economics are really going to make sense? And how are they going to retail this on the ground in areas like Wajir? If there is an opportunity that this starts to make more financial sense, we're happy to look at partnerships and start purchasing broadband from them and using that as our distribution systems on the ground.
0: So I'm not very fearful
1: of it. Yes. I more think of it as an
0: opportunity. And collaborative potential as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. Where is Mawingu in Kenya right now? Where, I mean, I think you mentioned it earlier, but where, if I wanted a Mawingu connection today, mm-hmm. where can I get it in Kenya?
1: Yeah, so now you're going to test my Kenyan geography. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, um, if you, Mweya, Kerugoya, Meru, Neri, Chuka, Nanyuki, Isiolo, Garisa, Wajir, uh, Marsabit, and then on the other side, we're in Naivasha and Nero.
0: So, for lack of a better word, as we say in Kenya, that all sounds like shags. That's all yeah. sounds like rural. <laughs> that's all rural Kenya, basically. Correct. Yeah, and yeah. that means basically a lot of your growth is driven around the fringes. You're not... You know, bang on. You know, head center with Nairobi, Mombasa, Kisumu. And we You're really be. on the edges at this point in time. Yeah. Is there a plan to eventually come into the cities? Absolutely not.
1: Absolutely not. No. There is a plethora of options. If you look at the offices today in Nairobi, they've got not just one connection; they probably have two or three. Churn rate is very high. You've got a lot of people doing, it, and they're doing it well. And I and I applaud them for doing it. I'm not in an area to compete in that. I think we yeah. have a unique solution, a bespoke solution for sitting outside. Yeah, And that's where, that's where we do
0: well. Um, I have to talk about the pandemic, right? I think one of the things that we saw even in my business, my day job, so to speak, is we saw this acceleration of adoption of digital things. Mm-hmm. People who I thought would never be comfortable doing a Zoom call, <laughs> to have a meeting with us now are the biggest culprits. Um, Practices that we thought were not Kenyan or African are now front and center of our behavior, both at home and at work. And I'm just curious to maybe hear your perspective around how the pandemic impacted this business and where you see it going from this point onwards. I'm sure there's been some significant transitions in how the business operates probably on the business side, of course, uh, in terms of your network and so forth, capacity, and then probably on the consumer stroke business side, um, in terms of the demand side of the business. So maybe you can tell with us some of the perspectives and maybe some of the anecdotes you might have sure. around what the pandemic did to your business. Sure. So I think the pandemic did two things and let me start with the positive. I think it
1: accelerated, accelerated this transformation. We saw a lot of people work from home. We saw a lot of people go back to their shags. And work from there because that was an opportunity. So if you could go and spend some time with your parents and do your Zoom calls during the day, we saw that happen. So our consumption and our sales actually started to grow. It was difficult to operate because we were dealing with difficult situations in terms of um, you know, the connectivity in between mm-hmm. counties being cut off, etc. But I think we handled it really well. We've grown our customer base by threefold in the last three no years. No way. Yeah. And during a large part of this, yeah, a large part of this is is within the pandemic. So there has been a huge hunger for data. Our users are consuming a lot more data. Mm -hmm. And the consumption is coming mainly. We're seeing YouTube as a big thing. We're seeing a lot of entertainment come in. So it's interesting to see the type of the split. Um, One of the consmoses that I think people aren't talking about is the fact that the children in rural Kenya weren't connected to take their classes from home. So kids studying in Nairobi, it was very easy for them to learn online. Kids in rural Kenya Mm. didn't have that. I think our kids are two years now behind the education system because of the pandemic. And so we need to do a better job, not just connecting the homes, but also connecting the institutes where learning is possible. This is, I think, one of the cons that we as a country need to do a better job at and it's a collaborative effort with government with the regulator with all the the private sector coming together to to make this impact possible
0: yeah i think so too i mean there's definitely that sense and i think this became a a common conversation issue around what about the kids outside the cities outside Correct. access to affordable internet not to mention you know um the cost factors you know so it's a real issue, right? And it continues to be the case till today, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about things beyond your sort of conventional connectivity, which is, I go home, I watch Netflix, I go online, I do my zoom meetings. What else are we doing in Mawingo? Are we doing IOTs? Are we seeing maybe what we're calling the decentralized internet, the web three? Um, are you seeing any, things happening or doing things in those areas that would be interesting, maybe cloud stuff as well beyond connectivity. I'd like to get a sense of some of the other stuff that maybe you're doing as Mawingu.
1: That's a good question. I feel like now you're one of my board members asking me what's in our future roadmap. (laughs) I think we are right now sticking to fundamentals and sticking to what we know well. Yeah. What we know well is supplying connectivity. I think this entire area is very interesting, but it's an area in the roadmap. Um, And I think it's an area where, because it's not our core, I really want to work on it through collaborative efforts. I want to work on this with partnerships. I'd rather work and bring the experts in to deliver this side of the business. And we've initiated this. We've done, we've connected a lot of the farms, and a lot of these farms are not providing connectivity in-house, but they're providing it all over the farm. They're using IoT solutions, but that's not something that we supply as a company. But again, I think it's in the future roadmap, but in a partnership in a collaborative
0: environment. So not so much getting into the space, but rather enabling that capability within those use cases as it were. Absolutely. Absolutely, fantastic, fantastic. Um, Regulatory issues, right? I think we are seeing, you know, sort of the maturity happening in Kenya. I think now we have our privacy laws, which are, are making things very interesting for anyone in digital or internet services. Um, we know licensing can be an issue at times. Um, I'm just wondering if the regulatory framework and, by extension, government, um, has that been a major factor in how the business is growing and how it's shaping your uh, business model, as it were?
1: Yeah, I think I think the communication authority has, has been doing a great job. Um, And the areas we wanna explore working with them more is opening up more spectrum. So the five gigahertz channel is a great channel for, for wireless. There's opportunities on the six gigahertz as well. So I think opening up these channels to give more opportunities to these players would benefit Kenyans at large. The area I think we need to be a bit more stricter on is controlling the environment. I think it's important that people operate with the right licensing. Mm -hmm. People are operating on fair play where they're paying their taxes and they're playing above the field. And that's what I'd like to see them be a bit more strict on, but I think it's a collaborative effort.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I know that this wasn't a question that maybe I was thinking of much initially when I wanted to have this conversation, but I think I have to bring it up because it's quite pertinent, the issue of cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And I think, by extension also digital literacy around the consumer side and even the businesses, because it is becoming a big issue. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts around the fact that yes, we provide the pipes, we provide the connectivity, but what about the elements of cyber security, um, being safe, being careful, and maybe to some extent also issues regarding the young learners and the young users and you know, exposure to things that happen online. I don't know whether there's anything or a comment or a perspective that you might have from your personal point of view, but also Mawingu as an organization in those yeah. areas.
1: Yeah, so I think we take
0: cybersecurity very
1: seriously and I wanna speak more about the digital, digital literacy element. When you're providing internet to someone, sometimes for the first time, mm-hmm. It can be a very scary thing to hand someone because you are opening up an entire realm with no closed bars. They can access anything and everything that they want to at an affordable rate with a simple device. So it's very scary. What we've started doing in some of the schools that we are working with, we have partners that actually are providing digital literacy training. And I think it's really important from a security perspective that they understand the fundamentals of safe internet. And if you don't put this at the forefront, there is potential major harm that opening up the internet can do to someone. So I think as we evolve, the more we grow, we have to make this more part of our fundamentals in the business. And it would be very interesting, and you know, I'm just thinking on the fly now, but For every connection we set up, the first time you log in, it'd be great if there was a small clip on safe internet.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's something that I think we can work with partners on. And there's a lot of people providing these types of content. It's us enabling it on our systems to help push it out there.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think especially given where you're operating, where uh, many of these communities may not be as familiar or as comfortable with digital technologies the way say, a child or a family in Nairobi would be, I think it's a genuine concern. I mean, I think there's a bigger issue around people not knowing what they don't know. You know, they don't know what they don't know. So yeah. they go in there with a very almost naive mindset and using a very powerful technology uh, and making sure that to some extent, you know, they're protected and, and also competent. Um, looking to the future, you know, forecasting crystal ball. Where's Moingu going in the next two to five years in terms of maybe your offerings, your footprint, your roadmap? Of course, I know you can't share all the nitty gritties, (laughs) but I'd just like to get a sense of where you see the business going in the next few years. Yeah, great question. So
1: we're we're passionate people. Um, As an organization, we plan on opening opportunity and touching the lives of a quarter million Kenyans within the next five years. Wow, okay. So, doing that is through putting these devices, and, and the biggest business that we're going to be focusing on is the home and small business. Okay. So, putting these routers and setting up these connections in these areas is going to be the foundation of where we're about to go. So, we believe if we can connect about 50,000 customers in the next five years, on average, we're seeing a minimum of at least five devices connected per connection. So, we're, oh, we're looking wow. at you know, a quarter million lives touched. To open up opportunity in this world,
0: fantastic, fantastic. And when you think about lessons learned, you know things that you possibly couldn't have anticipated. Maybe some you did, maybe some you know you did, you didn't. Um, are there any key, you know, things that you learned along the way um, as you brought Mawingu to where we are at this moment in time? Are there any things that you might want to share about that journey? I think people is a great one. People. I think yeah I think having the r- surrounding yourself with the
1: right team is the most important thing and we made some difficult decisions earlier on um, and I think they were the right decisions but having a core team that believes in your mission this is not a job to earn a salary and when I mm. interview people and I interview every employee that gets hired at Moengo even from the sales agent level and the conversation I have with them is not do you have the right skills to do this job is, what is your motivation to join this company? Do you believe in what we're trying to do? Do you believe in impacting people's lives? And when you make those right decisions, it's not me, it's not the management team, it's the entire company that uh, enabled us to achieve our goal of getting to break even in June. It's going to be that team that's going to deliver these results in the next two to five years. Yeah, Choosing the right people I think is Absolutely foundational to the growth.
0: Any other stuff that comes to mind, apart from people—that's the singular biggest thing that you you take away from this experience.
1: I think there's a—you know—we did make some mistakes earlier on with pricing and product. Um, I think, like any startup, you gotta put this in a small incubator. You gotta trial it. You gotta make your decisions quickly. I think one of the one of the things we learned is. You know, analyzing data and analyzing Mm -hmm. data will drive you absolutely crazy. At some point in time, analyze it, be confident, make a decision and go with it. Because we might spend too much time trying to analyze. And that was a good lesson for us. So we have made some mistakes, but I think 80% of the decisions we've made have been the right ones. And I think with that factor, we should keep going in that effort.
0: Fantastic. And maybe as my last question, I think, are there any nuggets of wisdom or things you might want to share with our listeners and our viewers today just in terms of the journey where my wing was coming from where you're going are there any things that maybe even other startups might find useful that you might want to share with us
1: yeah absolutely i think it's got to be about passion you've got to be solving a problem and be passionate about it and you bringing those two things together I fly out of bed every single morning. There isn't a morning I like to hit snooze and chill out for 15 mm-hmm. minutes until the next alarm You're motivated. goes You're Absolutely. And there's got to be that fire in that belly to deliver that. The second that starts to die out is the time you need to move on. So I strongly urge people, and there's different evolutions of the company, right? It'll be in a high growth phase, it'll be in a saturation phase. There's certain people that are good for certain phases. Mm. You got to make sure you're the right person for that phase. Make sure that every morning you're flying out of bed, and I'm sure you'll be passionate to deliver that solution.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today and looking forward to seeing great things at Mawingo. I know there's something very near uh, that you decided (laughs) you won't share with us today. But um, from what I'm hearing, I think, I love the fact that there almost seems to be a philosophy here it's not just about the commercials there is a very strong uh, passion or sentiment i feel about you know getting kenyans on the fringes uh, under what i call the unbeaten areas you know who deserve and need to be online and be on the internet in a way that is meaningful and i think from where i'm sitting it sounds to me that like that is something that really drives you uh, that you're really trying to achieve something quite spectacular for people who deserve it and who currently may not be seen as a focal point for some of the other organizations in this space. But thank you once again, we thank appreciate you. it. We hope we'll get you back here again. Absolutely, look and forward to it. And wishing you all the best. Thank you, thank you very yeah? much. Thank you. So thank you very much for joining us today with Farooq Ramji from Owingu Networks who's shared with us his journey and what they're doing there in terms of providing internet to some of the underserved parts of the country, and more importantly, how they plan to grow the business, not by focusing on the usual suspects, but really working with others in the market and in throughout Kenya in achieving a high quality internet service for all.